0: All right. Welcome uh, to another Friday night. I'm super excited to, to be sharing with you guys today. This topic is kind of uh, resonates. It's close to home. It's uh, close to my heart in a lot of ways. So um, the topic um, that we are speaking about today, we're continuing our series. This is the second week um, on our series on values. And today we're touching on particularly true and authentic. And we're going to explore together what That all means. But before that, let's just commit this time to God. Father, we just come before you now, Lord, and we ask you to speak, Lord. We ask you to touch our hearts. We ask you to to be present, Lord, and say all that you want, Lord. We pray um, that you convict us and that you lead us uh, closer towards you tonight and towards each other, Father. pray these things in your name. Amen. Awesome. So, uh, to begin with, I want to share with you guys a story. I was thinking, you know, true, authentic, what's something that kind of comes to my mind? And this story came to my mind. In, uh, in year 10, I went on a mission trip to Thailand with uh, my school. And usually in the afternoons, we'd go to the night markets and we'd just, you know, explore and uh, have a look at um, some, you know, shirts or perfume or shoes. They literally have everything or anything that you want to buy from there. And uh, one of the guys that was actually on this uh, trip coming with us, he's never been outside of Australia before. So it was his first time, and um, it was a new experience for him. And he decided that he wanted to buy Beats, the, the speakers. Uh, they were kind of the new thing at the time, and uh, everyone wanted to get their hands on them, uh, and he wanted to, to to buy them. But because he didn't know any better, and no one advised him or anything like that, he got scammed. So um what happens is the sellers at these markets, they set the, the prices really high to begin with. Um, but you are supposed to bargain with them and you could probably get it for a quarter of the price that they are um, actually offering. So anyway, the seller uh, tells this, uh, this guy, um, you know, he's like, how much are, are the beets or whatever? And he's like, 2,000 baht, which is equivalent to like 90 Australian dollars. Um, so the guy, again, he hasn't been outside of Australia, so he doesn't really know much. Um, he doesn't actually know that this is fake. So he's thinking that this is the original beats, and he's like, 90 bucks? Like, wow, this is, this is amazing. Um, and he thought he'd be smart. He was like, oh, you know, let's try to bring it down a little bit. And he's like, hmm, 2,000? Okay, let's do 1.8, which is equivalent to like $80. still a lot of money. Um, and the guy was like, Sold. $80, $80. And he, um, and he gives it to him. So this guy walks back to kind of the hotel, um, super happy and excited and stuff. And we see him like, Oh, what'd you get? Like, Oh, I got the beach pill. Cool. Exciting. How much did you get it for? And he tells us. And we're like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> interesting. Like, you know, it's fake, right? And he 's like, "What the guy didn 't tell me that The guy told me it 's original it 's real. Um, so he was obviously super disappointed after we had told him that that 's not the real thing it 's fake, and he just got scammed out of eighty dollars um, and you see, we all desire what is genuine, we want what is authentic, we want the real thing and today we 'll look through um, through this exactly, um, and what we 'll find is that authenticity comes with the price, that if we want the real thing, then we must be willing to pay and we must go to the correct source in order to get that thing. But before all of that, the series is called Values um, in in, in sort of the title, we'll break it down, but it's about values. So as I like to do, what are um, values? So I did a Google uh, search and this is the definition that it gave me. It says, the principles that help you to decide what is right and wrong and how to act in various situations. And there are many people today that, looking at this definition, would say something like, you know, it's wrong to legislate morality as a general thing. But if you think about it, it's literally impossible not to. Because if you look at it, every law that has ever passed imposes someone's moral view on somebody else. So, for example... If murder is wrong, then the law agrees with the Christian belief, which views all life as worthy. And almost everybody agrees that things like murder, adultery, stealing, lying, greed are all wrong. And this sense of of right and wrong, which is part of our society today, reflects actually many of the Ten Commandments that we see in the Bible. So, you know, you you have people that... um, don't want the Christian view to be imposed within the society that we live in today. But for people who actually have that idea and that mindset in our culture today, maybe they should rethink something like, for example, um, murder, and think about, is that truly right or wrong? Because people like to pick and choose what they want. They want to create their own moral code. But as the Bible explains in Jeremiah seventeen nine, it says, the heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Who can understand it? So the not so new culture that we live in today says that you are the main character, that you are the the, the moral of the story. You're the greatest thing to exist on this earth. It points to man, that this world revolves around yourself. And as long as you're happy, as long as you don't hurt anyone else, and as long as you accept everything and everyone that is in your world, you're good, you're accepted, you fit in. But as we just read, the hearts of men are corrupt. Our genetic code is broken. And if our genetic code is naturally broken, then imagine creating a new one with our own ideas and our own views. Wouldn't that actually make it even worse? We see in Western societies that we are shaped and indoctrinated in unauthentic ways. Where if you don't walk, if you don't talk, if you don't sound like everyone else in, in the society and in the culture, you are kind of shunned out of that. And today we get things like, um, you know, cancel culture and many other work agendas that are out there. But ultimately, if you aren't receiving your values, which as we read the definition, the principles that kind of help us decide what is right and what is wrong, um, through the right source, which is Christ, then... You will be, as Ephesians 4.14 tells us, tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. Our values must stem from the only source which can provide true life. To truly be authentic and firm in our beliefs, we must not be tossed by the waves and moved here and there. We must have Christ at the centre of everything that we do. And as an example, I want you to imagine this, right? You, you walk into a restaurant, say it's a Chinese restaurant, but you realize that the owner of that restaurant is an Egyptian. It, it doesn't make sense all the other way around. You go to an Egyptian restaurant that's owned by a Chinese person. The food is not necessarily going to be bad. It doesn't have to be bad, but it's not authentic. It's not the, it's not the real thing. Uh, it's not the real deal. So if we want what is real, what is genuine, what is best, then we must go to the true source of that thing. And that's where our values stem from, the source, which is Christ. And part of our Christian values is truth and identity. And that's what we're speaking about today. And as we know, the God that we serve is a relational God, right? And as we are created in his image, we all naturally crave connection, and i want to pose this question to you right so what if connection what if connection was the cure for your pain and your damage why is it that we desire authenticity but aren't willing to demonstrate that in our lives we crave healing we crave connection we crave love but we only let people into our lives up to a certain point and that's where we stop We're all broken people and we are seeking wholeness. But you know why we only let people in halfway and not the whole way? It's because of our reputation. We don't want that to be damaged. It's because of people's judgment. It's because of rejection, low self-worth, insecurity, trauma, whatever you might want to put in that uh, category. We want the freedom, but the potential of the reaction of the others is too much for us to go through with it. Proverbs twenty eight thirteen says, whoever conceals their sin does not prosper, but the one who confesses and renounces them finds mercy. We can't help ourselves or others without confession and repentance of our sins. And tonight, my prayer for all of us is that we wake up and that we stop being okay in the sins that we have in our daily lives. Because, you see, we're living in this damage. We're living in this filth of our own sin. And there is damage that is being caused by us concealing these things and not uh, concealing these sins and not bringing them out into the light. And some of the ways we attempt to cover these sins are um, things like excuses and justifications, um, secrecy about our struggles, lies to avoid embarrassment or judgment, avoiding responsibility, putting it off, Cunning others with perhaps something like our tears or you know, ceremonies or rituals to feel better about ourselves and the things that we do. And the thing that is in common with all of these things is that they exist to help us deal with the pain that we have internally within each of us. We don't want to face the discomfort, so we dot 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 fill in the blank for yourself. In John 4, 23 to 24, Jesus said. But the hour is coming and is now here when the true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such people to worship him. God is spirit and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. To worship God in spirit and in truth means to come to God with a heart that is genuine and that is sincere and to live a life that reflects our faith and commitment to him. And dwelling in these things Sins, I can't, I'm struggling though. Sins takes us away from our maker. God wants a genuine, he wants an authentic, he wants a close relationship with each of us individually. Which is why this is ever so important. To truly know God is to truly desire truth and authenticity in every single aspect of our lives. Not just the things that we want to share. And this isn't to better yourself as a person, but it's to get closer to God. We are not too far gone. Sometimes we can think that and we get down this rabbit hole, but we are not too far gone. There is a way out and God has provided it for us by being true to ourselves and true to others and not hiding this false image or persona that we put on. So what does that mean? Or how do we do that? James 5.16 says, Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. I don't know about you, but every time I read this verse, I'm baffled by it. Because it says that you may be healed. Not you might, not potentially. There is healing in confession and prayer. There is healing. The Bible says this. So let me ask you, is there anyone in your life that currently knows your deepest, darkest Secrets or things that you are struggling with in your life. Because if you don't have that, perhaps it might be a prayer for you to pray for that and to ask God for that. Because authenticity is to be fully known and fully loved. I want to share uh, the quote that Freddie actually read for us last week by Tim Keller, which said, To be loved but not known is comforting but superficial. To be known and not loved is our greatest fear. But to be fully known and truly loved is, well, a lot like being loved by God. It is what we need more than anything. It liberates us from the pretense, humbles us to our self-righteousness and fortifies us for any difficulty life can throw at us. And I love that quote because there's absolute truth here. And a little bit of an example from my personal life is before Liz and I got married, I we had some of the most difficult, in-your-face conversations that we've ever had, or at least for for me, I've ever had in my life. I shared with her my, my innermost self, my flaws, my sins, my shame, my struggles, my trauma. Absolutely everything was on the table. And you see, during our relationship, she knew the best of me, but I concealed the darkest parts of me because I didn't want her or anyone to know these things and after sharing these things with her she didn't just automatically say yep no worries let's move on no she took time to pray be with herself and more importantly be with God and during this time I was so scared I was thinking things like you know is she gonna want to be with me I was so worried and I was just fearful of what was going um, to happen but after taking time spoiler alert we got married but um (laughs) After taking time, she, she, she came back and she said that she loved me. And this was regardless of the things that I had shared with her. And to me, that was authenticity. To be fully known and to be fully loved. It is literally a representation of Christ's love for us in today's form. And I saw that personally in my life. Christ did that for us. God demonstrated his love for us that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us in Romans 5.8. He sees your filth, he sees your shame, he sees your hurt, he sees your trauma. He sees it all and he says, I love you. The love of, of Christ surpasses any knowledge that he might, you know, he knows everything about us, but he still chooses to love us. And I love this topic because I'm, I'm kind of seeing a little bit of these things in my own personal life. And I want to share that with you guys not, not to make you say, oh, David said so, or anything like that, but because the Bible literally tells us this stuff. So as well as confession, I want to ask you, when was the last time you had someone pray for you or you prayed for someone else? We want healing, right? That's, that's what we all crave and desire and want in our lives. We want healing. But wanting healing without confession and prayer is like building a house without a roof or without walls. Spoiler alert, you are homeless at that point. And that's what many of us are doing in our Christian walks. It's like buying all the furniture for the house, but having no house to put it in. So you're living on the street. It's useless and it doesn't function how it's supposed to, um, how it was intended. It's like giving a recipe, um, you you need to make a cake with flour, eggs or sugar and you kind of decide, you know what? I'm not going to use any of those ingredients. I'm going to make my own thing. But the end result is something completely different. It's not a cake at all. So you need um, these things that God has given us. 1 John 1, 6-7 says, If we claim to have fellowship with him and yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not live out the truth. But if we walk in the light as he's in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus his son purifies us from all sin. As this verse says, walking in the light. Walking in the light is... Living authentically. Light is the absence of darkness, therefore if we walk in the light, nothing is hidden at all. Everything is on display. People see us for who we truly are, and we gain true, genuine fellowship with other people. God didn't put us on this earth, guys, so that we can live individual lives um, away from each other, but He He put us on this earth for a reason. And if life's purpose is to become more like Christ daily, then why are we comfortable in our sins? We should never get to a point where we say, you know, uh, things like, I know it's sinful that I gossip, but, you know, uh, if I don't think about it too much, it's not a problem. Or, you know, it's, I know it's sinful to lie, but if I can convince myself that these lies aren't so bad, then it's not a problem. You know, I know it's sinful to watch porn, but I struggled with it for so long, I can't quit. I know it's sinful to dress this way, but it's everyone else's fault for looking. I know um, sex outside of marriage is sinful, but we're going to get married anyway. These are lies upon lies upon lies. And you know where these lies come from? It's not from God. It's, it's from Satan. But what sin does for us is, as human beings, it numbs us and takes us away from God. We use, um, we use sin to, to medicate our pain. You know, like, for example, you might be struggling at uni and then you decide to come home and you're scrolling on social media for hours upon hours. Or, you know, I'm ugly. I hate the way I look. Let's binge shop. Let's binge this. Let's do that. And I struggle in my satisfaction with my work. Let's watch pornography. We medicate uh, um, from our pain. It's painful to face our sins. So we run away from them. And Although the way we medicate might not be sinful at its core, but it becomes sinful over time. And I want to encourage you that there is freedom, that there is purity, that these chains that we've had so long around us can be broken. For example, research tells us that addiction is actually a connection disorder. It's the inability to connect with other people in healthy ways, So my encouragement for us is, you know, if you're in a relationship away from your partner, I encourage you to find a group of believers or someone who you can truly be genuine and authentic and share your heart with. To meet on a weekly basis, to encourage each other, to pray for each other, to listen to each other and to challenge each other in love. Because I look at a church and I say, you know, it's time for us to live a true, genuine church in what it's supposed to look like. To, to be the literal embodiment of a biblical representation of what a church is. And I want us here to read what Jesus had to say before he went to the cross. Because this is the prayer just before he went to the cross and he was literally praying for you and he was praying for me. He was praying for all us believers. And he says this in John seventeen twenty to 23. My prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one. Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. May they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them the glory that you gave me so that they may be one as we are one. I in them and you in me so that they may be brought to complete unity. Then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them even you, as is, you have loved me. Jesus here prays that the church, that the people be one just as God and Jesus are one. And I don't know if you pick that up, but that is crazy. That is, that is insane. At least for me when I read it, that Jesus wants us to literally have the same unity that he had with the Trinity. With each other. And when we live in unity, the world actually knows Christ. And there are many advantages to this unity. To be fully known, fully loved. So are you keen to continue living in this darkness? Are you content with keeping your sins internal and only to yourself? Because it's the desire of God to share this unity across all believers to grow with each other and to become more like Christ individually but also collectively. Galatians 6, two says, carry each other's burden, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. Guys, the time for not sharing and keeping things concealed and to yourself is finished. It's think of it as outdated. Because a movement for Christ is available for us today as a church, in that You know, you might be thinking, well, Dave, it's it's too hard or it's too painful. Well, this is the cure that the Bible tells us. This is what we have before us. The pain is not to be avoided, but it's actually to be dived into. A friend of mine um, taught me this phrase and he says, the only way out is through. And tonight, if you want out, you must step into the discomfort of your sins. There's the obvious stuff, but the... The ugliness doesn't stop there. As you kind of dig deeper into all the things that you, you have within your life, it gets worse. And, and what we've done in our lives is that we've subconsciously buried some of the most painful things we've ever experienced in our life because they're too hard to face and we don't like them. And they are uncomfortable. But also think of it in another way uh, as well. What if, uh, what if your pain is someone else's gain? You know, we live in such a self-centered world where we've been brainwashed to think that everything is about us. But what if God allowed you to endure this pain in order to help someone else going through the same thing? And you might be sitting here and thinking, well, you know what? Yeah, challenging, cool, no worries, but I'm just going to pray harder. I'm going to read my Bible more, and then God is going to remove these struggles from my life. Let's be honest, you've done that before, if that's what you're thinking. And I personally struggled with some of these ideas for years. I thought that, you know, God would miraculously intervene and take away the struggles and the, and the dark things that I have in my life. Listen to me carefully. He can do that. I'm not denying it. But at the same time, God biblically tells us to use other people he's provided in our lives. You know, sometimes we pray the prayer for healing because we don't want to face the things that are painful for us to face. You know, think about it this way. If God just removed um, things from your life, you wouldn't have uh, anyone to share it with and you would kind of just hide it and be like, you know what, God just saved me. Let's move on with our lives. But what if what if you're supposed to bring these things out into the light? What if as you go through these struggles, you're supposed to share these things with other people and help them along the journey? We're not supposed to hide. We're not supposed to keep Things in the dark. And I don't doubt that God can miraculously heal you. But maybe the solution is not to pray more. But maybe the solution is to continue praying. But now lean into other people whom he has given you. Don't be mistaken. What I'm saying is not a man-centered gospel. It all points towards Christ. And we have to know that ultimately we are powerless to do anything within ourselves. We don't have the power or the ability to do anything. And part of that healing is admitting that neither we, nor our group, nor our churches, nor anyone can get us out of this mess on their own. It is through Christ that we are able to do anything. We don't find healing by by trying harder. Try that and see how long it lasts. But you find healing when you admit that you are powerless to your struggles, that you are powerless over your sins. But the the beautiful thing is that we may be powerless, but we are not helpless. But Without Christ's intervention, we would be nothing. And the truth is that you've been bought at a price. You've been redeemed. You've been set apart. You are uniquely loved by the true God and the creator of the universe. Personally, for me, something that I struggled with was... um, and I'm still kind of working through that is receiving compliments or kind words from other people. I think people just feel sorry for me. So they say nice things to me. And maybe you're thinking of that and you're thinking, well, maybe that's, that's me. Maybe you've never seen yourself as worthy. and Maybe you've never seen yourself as loved. And maybe you've been so hurt that you've given up on other people. But God says otherwise. Romans eight thirty-eight to 39 says, For I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor power, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus, our Lord. God invites you into this new revelation to know that you are worthy, to know that you are able to overcome your struggles. You can change, but not through your own strength, but through his. So I want to ask you, what are, what are some of the lies that you've spoken over and over and over again over yourself that you've begun to think that they are real? And that's truly how you are. For example, for me, the thing that I've spoken over and over again into my life, um, if we're talking about authenticity, it's inadequacy. I think I'm inadequate. And the other thing is that I think I'm a failure. But for you, what is it for you? Think about that for yourself. I want to read some of the lyrics from um, the song Canvas and Clay, which we sing um, in church. It says, In my mother's womb, you have formed me with your hands, known and loved by you before I took a breath. When I doubt it, Lord, remind me I'm wonderfully made. You're an artist and a potter. I'm canvas and the clay. You make all things work together for my future and for my good. You make all things work together for your glory. And for your name, God doesn't make any mistakes. You are given daily breath for a reason. You exist on earth for a purpose. You are not useless, and you are not insignificant. Because if that was the case, you would not be here. And I, I want—I'm about to read Psalm 139:13 to 14, which is a prayer that David's praying, and I hope that that's your prayer tonight. And he says. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. Lastly, guys, I just want to challenge a um, a certain thought that Satan might be attacking with some people um, here today. You know, a feeling that you cannot be separated um, From who you are, what you do, what you've achieved and what you've accomplished. And I encourage you to choose to surrender these attitudes and allow God to do the work he's already begun to do in your life. And surrender looks like confessing and sharing your heart to God and also to others. Some practical steps that we can take towards this connection is to admit you can do nothing. You're powerless. Pray and seek help. Create an authentic Christian accountability group. Believe that you are loved and valued by God and other people. We all want to be authentic. It all sounds nice. But hypocrisy depends on concealment. If you are concealing sins, if you are trying to cover your reputation, to put on a mask and show people who you want to be rather than who you truly are, Know that God sees your heart and that you can't live an authentic life within the dark. Everything must be brought to the light. First Peter 2.9 says, But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellence of him who called you out of darkness and into marvelous light. We've been called out of darkness and into the light. You cannot exist. As a Christian, you cannot exist in the darkness. There is no healing in the darkness and we have all suffered for too long being in that space. It's time for us to shine our light and step into this freedom that God has for us. So let us strive to live a life of authenticity and of truth, seeking to honor God in all that we do and all that we say. May our lives reflect the love, grace and truth of God. And we may live always to be true to ourselves and true to other people. That's all that I wanted to share um, with us guys. But we've still got maybe five-ish minutes. So what I want us to do is get with two or three people that are just sitting around you. And I want you guys to just sit with each other. If you want to, to pray with and for each other, do that. If you want to share something um, with someone within that group, share that. If it's something that you feel like is burdening you, but you don't feel comfortable sharing it within that group, that's completely fine as well. But I encourage you to truly find someone to speak to. If you feel like you don't have that, if you feel like you're concealing, if you feel like you're keeping things in the dark, it's time that we step out of this space and grow um, collectively as a church, because that's how we are actually supposed to function, as a body of Christ. Nothing in the dark will be removed. We must bring it to the light. So um, I'm, I'm just going to pray. And then after we pray, again, get into groups two or three, pray for each other, be with each other, and just share your heart with each other. Father, we just uh, want to thank you, Lord, um your word. We want to thank you that um, you spoke. Um, we pray, Lord, that we take the things that um, were said by you, Lord, and apply them into our lives, Lord, that nothing that is ever kept in the dark um, prospers, um, Lord. And I just pray, Lord, that we can grow, that we can change, that we can um, get closer to you because that's the ultimate purpose. It's not about self improvement but it's all about um, genuine uh, unity and connection that you desire for us to have within our communities and churches. And Lord, I I feel that um, us as a church, if we're not living the way that you have desired us to live, Satan's on the sideline laughing because he's pulling us away and drawing us away from a weapon that you've provided us, Lord. And I just pray that we use this weapon to attack the enemy with, Lord, and to grow and support each other and to build each other up in love, Lord. Um, Father, I just pray, Lord, that we have your desires, the thing that the things that you have, Lord, I pray that we have them as well and that we can have this unity, Lord, that Jesus and the Father had together. Um, might sound like a big ask, but that's what you desired for us. And I just pray that we step into that and we, we grasp what that means, Lord, not worrying about a reputation, not worrying about... Um, what people um, might judge us or say or do. Lord, there's nothing, there's no healing and concealment. And I just pray, Lord, that we step away from the darkness and into the light. And I pray, Lord, that you provide people in our lives if we don't have already um, people that we can be truly uh, authentic and genuine with and um, Spread your your love in that way as people see that we are true and genuine. I thank you, Lord, once again for you have spoken. And I just pray, Lord, that you continue being with us um, as we uh, get in groups, that we pray that we speak to each other um, and that you have your ways in our life. We pray these things in your name. Amen.